0: Bears played well enough to win Saturday, and that's something to build on. This, this is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Baylor, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Thank you for making it your first listen each and every day. I am Cam Stewart, breaking down Baylor's somewhat convincing, somewhat unconvincing win over the Long Island Sharks Saturday. And I say somewhat on both ends because, honestly, it's a little better than I think I gave them credit for initially. Not impressive, but it wasn't a disaster. Um, I think they played better than a lot of people, including myself. Gave them credit for um, as it was raw. So now I've slept on it. I have gotten a chance to look back into the numbers a little bit. And is it impressive? No, I, I don't think there's any way you can be like truly impressed in a win over Long Island. You know, coming off a win against Albany 69 to 10 to open the season last year, I wasn't impressed necessarily. But, but, There are some things that were very uninspiring in the first half. They cleaned up a little bit in the second half after a long, I mean, two hour lightning delay and um, with not the energy in the stadium, uh, that's obvious. like, that's totally obvious that we know why. I mean, I didn't stick around for the two hour lightning delay. I don't blame anyone for, for leaving for that. Um, I did it to come home and do a live show for you guys, but uh, no, seriously, I, I don't blame anyone for, for leaving that game. I mean, it's, you know, two-hour lightning delay. It's raining. A lot of people are coming in from out of town. No shade there. Um, but all that to say, I think they came out with a little bit more of a fire in the second half, which is what I expected and what I was criticizing for them them for not having in the first half. Was it as green as they've ever played, as Dave likes to call it? No. But looking back at the numbers a little bit, this 30-7, to seven, I think is what the final was, um would be like a lot of teams 48 to nothing uh so to speak and what I mean by that is looking back at the drive summary Baylor really only had eight legitimate drives uh two of them were, were kneel downs or runouts to to end either half so eight drives you punt on the first one three and out it doesn't look great it doesn't look great but Out of eight drives total, they scored four touchdowns. And against a lower-level FCS team, you want that success rate, touchdown success rate, to be more than 50% of your drives. Absolutely. But the way they were game-planned and attacked, this was what you probably wanted to see in Game 1. And you saw it in in Game 3. Better late than never, um, but... That's what it looked like of, hey, you know, we're not going to put a ton on film here. We're just going to run the ball down their throat um, and figure some things out along the way. But um, let's get the car at 10 and 2, get it in the driveway, um, work some guys into the rotation as well, and really set our focus next week on the opening of the Big 12 Conference and a top five team team. Uh, coming into play, potentially a top three team the way Florida State played against Boston College on Saturday. Texas might well move up and, and leapfrog them. Um, I know it wasn't, wasn't always easy for UT on Saturday either. We're going to talk about that later in the week. We've got some good guests coming on uh, to talk Texas Longhorns. But for now, looking back at this Baylor game, there were some issues defensively, I think. Which is weird to say when you you only give up seven points in the game. But, I mean, we all saw it. We all saw it um and mainly it was contained um this was a team that was not going to put the ball in the air too much in Long Island and still there were huge holes for the for the offense to run through um mainly in the first half where Baylor just did not contain well uh, they did not set the edge at all um in that first half and it really opens some weaknesses for them. And if that's going to happen against Long Island, Big 12 teams are going to have a field day with that. And I think still the biggest concern that did not get burned because this team cannot pass, uh, but Long Island I mean, well, Baylor not as much either. Uh, but what didn't get burned is Baylor's secondary, um, which I think is is going to be an issue. I tweeted about it yesterday, or excuse me, Saturday during the game, was not to say that these guys are bad, but there's just, we don't know a lot about them. And there's so much inexperience back there. Um, you know, we saw DJ Coleman and a lot of coverage in week two, but uh, mainly in week three, um, Carl Williams, um, Corey Gordon out there a lot. These guys are young, man. They were playing high school football last year. They're going to get eaten alive against Texas. And that's pretty much understandable, to be honest with you. Um and the other thing that, that not just having those inexperienced guys, those young guys, but an inexperienced in Bryson Jackson, man, I hate to pile on him, but I just don't think he's had a good drive yet this season. And it is so obvious when he is the one in coverage at that star position. I thought I have to eat my words a little bit. I thought he was going to be a big step up or not a big step up, but a step up um, from Al Walcott last year. And I didn't think Walcott was bad. He wasn't great, um, but I guess, Got to give him his flowers. He was better than Bryson Jackson, and there's still plenty of the season left. But I think that's something UT is just going to just hone in on big time um, and and work guys to where they can be covered by the star and by Jackson. I mean, he has just been poor in coverage. Um, He hasn't been as physical stopping the run as I'd like him to be either. Um, And he's freelanced a little bit. Uh, but just not been good enough in coverage is what it comes down to. And that's something that obviously made Jalen Petrie such a special player. And we can't exactly hold everyone to the standard at the star position that we do Jalen Petrie, because he was the best at it. Um, But in terms of these guys, athletic abilities, they shouldn't be that far off. Petrie is just clearly such a, a, a smart football player. Um, Obviously great athleticism, but Not afraid of the contact either, man. I mean, he was leveling guys out there. And to the point where, as a casual fan, you would have been confused as to whether he was a safety or a linebacker, which is obviously kind of what the hybrid of the the star is. But you're like, no, the way he hit, man, he's got to be a linebacker. Or look, he covered a guy 20, 30 yards downfield. That's a safety, Uh, maybe even a corner. We're not seeing that same thing with Bryson Jackson. He got burned a couple of times yesterday. Um, there was a play on the goal line that I remember taking note of during the game. It was it was right before the half, I believe, where um, yeah, because Long Island did end up scoring, but they ran just a simple out route um to to the towards the back pylon, and the guy was wide open. one on one, wide open, and the kid howell from uh, Long Island just terribly missed the throw. Not a hard throw at all. Completely missed it. Baylor absolutely got bailed out there. And then I believe if it's that same drive I'm thinking of, he scores on the next play uh, with his legs because Baylor doesn't contain or set the edge whatsoever. So, yeah, still some things to to work on. And, and I said it going into this game. There's probably not going to be a lot that you're going to take positive from a game like this other than you win the game. Uh, but in terms of an eyeball standpoint, you're – You're going to be looking at the things that aren't being done well enough. And why isn't it a 56 to nothing game against Long Island? This team stinks. There's not a lot that you can take from this game, especially it's not Iowa State next week. It's not Houston next week. It's the best darn team on your schedule next week. And we know the emotional implications that go into it as a Baylor fan. It's probably the last time that we're getting to play them at home. And it's a it's a big game and Texas is is flying high they they come in with some momentum after not playing very well the first three quarters of their game against Wyoming um, they started clicking in the fourth quarter and this is an offense that is all that it was advertised to be with with Sark and with Quinn Ewers um whose numbers were about the same as Blake Shapen's last year um the kid is, I don't know if he's a Heisman front runner or anything, but he's in that discussion right now through the first month of the season. So anyway, again, we're getting into that later in the week, but talking about Bayward, there were absolutely some positive things to take away. Not a ton, but they were there. I wish you got more positivity out of the quarterback position, but honestly, I can't. I can't just yet. Um, that's my dog. Package guys outside. Um so not that much I could take away from it. But in terms of the run game, yes. Yes. And I know it wasn't a great competition, but I think they are more even more versatile back there than I thought, which is big because Dom Richardson being hurt is, is not a good sign for these Baylor Bears going forward. Uh, but in terms of what you did get in the backfield, that was big. And that's why I have to go with our athletic brewing company, uh blah. Ugh, Athletic Brewing Company is our sponsor this week. <laughs> Sorry about that. They are near beer. They are the best non-alcoholic beer on the market. And we're talking about Game Changer of the Week. And that's why I led into it with the run game, because my Game Changer of the Week is freshman Dawson Pendergrass. He was someone we saw a little bit of in Week 2. Didn't know how much we were going to see him this week, because so we didn't know about Don Richardson's status till right before the game. And we had heard uh, from Dave earlier in the week on the Coaches Show that you're going to see a lot of Bryce in Washington. So we we did see... Uh, A lot of him, but Dawson Pennergrass, man, he showed me some things. He showed some stop start. He showed some uh, receiving skills out of the backfield. Um, Yards after contact was not something I expected uh, from a true freshman, but he absolutely had that over a hundred yards with a touchdown over five yards of carry. That is some much needed depth, especially with the quarterback situation. It is uh, the way it is right now. And so he is the game changer for the bears. Athletic Brewing Company is the game changer in non-alcoholic beers. Y'all, I'm serious. Non-alcoholic, it tastes good. You don't get those two things together. It truly does taste good. They have all these different flavors that is available for you. And the best part about it, y'all, is a Sunday morning. No Sunday morning coming down. Okay? You come off a big Baylor upset victory over Texas Saturday night, no hangover the next day. There's nothing better than that. So Athletic Brewing Company, check them out today. And of course, we're going to help you out with a code locked on to get 15% off your first online order that's code locked on l o c k e t o n cameron stewart can spell at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com it's fit for all times they might even sell them in mclean stadium one day cuz it's truly non-alcoholic so you got to find that out got to check that out use our code locked on near beer at athletic Brewing company exclusions and conditions do apply. So focusing a little bit more on Dawson Pentergrass and that run game for Baylor, good and bad, that comes with it. And the, and the bad is if Dom Richardson is out for any period of time, that's a big loss for Baylor. Big loss. And two tough games coming up, obviously Texas, and then at UCF the next week. If you don't have Dom Richardson for those games, that's a big miss. That is a big miss, even though the offensive line has improved. Has improved. I got to I gotta give some flowers there. They looked better against Long Island on Saturday, both in pass protection and obviously in the wide zone run game. Um, Dom Richardson is supposed to be your best pass blocker in the backfield too, so that's why I mentioned the offensive line with that because any extra protection you can get against these Longhorns, is is, is going to be big this week. But Dawson Pendergrass and Bryson Washington, what they will do for the Bears this year is provide some depth. And as long as Tom Richardson's out, they're going to get some carries. They're not going to get worked as much as they did Saturday against Long Island, but they will absolutely get some touches. Uh, these true freshmen who have now each appeared in two games, I believe. So we're getting close to even burning that red shirt, which is four games. Uh, but Dawson Pendergrass was the guy who was, kind of getting a majority of the carries yesterday. I talked about it in that read over five yards a carry 111 yards on the ground. I mean, this kid was impressive and honestly, he was doing the things I thought Bryson Washington was going to be doing for the bears this year. And that's not to say Bryson Washington had a bad game by any means, but it was that it was those yards after contact. It was not going down. Um, with one arm tackle, he was he was shedding tacklers. It took a couple of guys to take him down in the open field. Really impressed, me. he's not going to tote the rock 21 times, many times this year, M- maybe ever. Um, but to split to carry the ball that much and split it up, I'm looking at 21 attempts for Pendergrass, 12 for Richard Reese, 10 for Bryson Washington. If you are going to be able to add a couple more total carries to that, but split it amongst four guys where you know pentagrass and washington are getting you know five or six combined a game um that is that is going to take that is going to add some serious depth to this baylor team Um, uh, because it's something we talked about all last year was that at a lot of times especially that back half of the season richard reese was the only guy as a true freshman he just took too many hits last year and you could see it he was slowing down at the end of the season and that's that's not necessarily on him. He's an 18 year old kid. Your body just doesn't catch up fast enough to be able to take that kind of beating for a whole season. He still goes for almost a thousand yards. I mean, he had a terrific year, but that was something that was definitely a point of emphasis in this off season. And as evidenced by bringing in a guy like Don Richardson in the transfer portal, you needed someone else to split those carries with him If you're going to get back to that RVO that you're looking for and look, they're not back there yet. They are not back to the reliable, violent offense. One of those things is true. It's not too reliable. It's not very violent yet, um, but it is an offense. I'll give them that. It is an offense. They they scored 30 points Um, and scored them half their drives. But looking at that run game, someone like Pentagrass, someone like Washington, with a little bit change of pace, that that is going to be a nice addition for the Bears in this season. And something I I tweeted about as well, their running style, that plays. Hard, downhill, hit the hole hard, get the few extra yards at the tail end of the run. That's something that Richard Reese didn't exactly have last year. He he didn't finish runs very physically. Um, And that's something he'll learn, but that's something that these two guys have as true freshmen. And that's something that I I truly want to see back in in this Baylor offense full-time, full-time, finishing those runs hard. And so I say that it's going to play in any kind of offense because no matter what happens after this year, if it's a total nightmare of the season and it's a new coaching staff here next year, doesn't matter what your offense is. That kind of running plays. That kind of running played in the Bryles offense. It definitely played in Matt Rule, uh, Joe Brady offense there. Joe Mixon offense, whatever it is. I'm losing it right now. Uh, Matt Rule offense plays in the Dave Aranda-Jeff Grimes offense. Nothing played in Larry Fedora's offense except the defense. Anyway, that, that is going to play for them in the future, and it is going to pay some real dividends. And the thing that I see as negatives offensively, the things that I see, did did not see a leap. In the passing game. And that's something Dave talked about on the coaches' show this week that that's something that we were going to see an improvement in, an immediate improvement in. Someone literally asked, What is going to be the improvement this week that people are going to take away from this game? And he said, The passing game, for sure, the passing game. Did not see it. Did not see it. Sawyer, 10 of 22. You can't be going to, you can't be completing less than 50% of your passes. 10 of 22 for 113 and a touchdown. With a rating just over 103, but a 45% completion percentage is just not going to do it. Not going to do it whatsoever. And I talked about it in that lightning delay halftime show, but there were two throws on the first two drives that only the defensive backs could make. Wasn't good enough. And that's something that is really concerning for me. Looking into the UT next week, I just doubt the versatility of this offense going up against a. A good defense uh, for the Texas Longhorns. So Sawyer Robertson probably down this week, um, even though he didn't have a great week last week. Uh, running backs up, offensive line up. Um, Monterey Baldwin down. I just don't know where he's been. Hal Presley. Um, I don't. I don't know that. I think he had one target, two targets this week. Monterey Baldwin. Two targets, no completions. Excuse me, he did touch the ball once. One rush for negative five on an end around. So sorry about that, but no completions to him. No completions to Hal Presley. Only two for 29 for Keetron Jackson. Um, Jake Roberts, the tight end, ends up being your leading pass catcher in terms of receptions with three. Uh, He dropped a couple (laughs) that were laid right out on a platter for him. Uh, Jonah Burton didn't really get involved this week. Josh Cameron hasn't really been involved much at all this year. One reception for 11 yards. Jonah Burton just one for five. So question marks on a receiving room that I was impressed with after week one. Still no snaps for Armani Winfield, which is someone I came into this season um, hoping to see him have a breakout year as a sophomore, a guy who turned down Alabama for us. Um, Hasn't seen the field. And you're just wondering kind of when he's going to be able to break out. It's a name you don't even think about on the roster anymore. So still plenty of things to work out on the offensive side of the ball. Although the rushing game looked good, I know you got to take the opponent into account. It was Long Island, but I think they got a little bit more into their groove. And I think the confidence is going to be built there for these young runners. And I think what we saw from the offensive line was good was good. Again, competition, but positive after what we saw from week one. And I think only one false start penalty the whole game. So that's that's the big takeaway. I mean, what do we have? Eight in week one, pre-snap penalties? That's incredible. That shows you will not beat anyone. I mean, you did lose to Texas State. So you're not going to beat anyone with eight pre-snap penalties. And that is just unacceptable. I mean, that's something, uh, even if you're new to the field, you practice that you practice the snap count. That was just unacceptable. Not the case this week. One pre-snap penalty. So that's big. Anyway, we're going to hear from Dave in the last segment. That's going to be in just a minute here. But first I'm going to talk to you about locked on college football live. Cause that's coming out this Friday. I know you've been watching it. I heard a ton of fun watching it. Um, it's our old pal, Drake toll with some of the, the best, and the funniest uh, college football minds around the sport. They're just breaking down all the big games. A lot of Texas Longhorn talk last week. I know you'll get a lot this week too, so that'll give you a good preparation uh, for this Baylor Bears game. But that's every Friday. That is live, so check that out. But of course, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And FanDuel is one of America's top sports books, and it is one that you need to get on right now, especially if you're like me and you're not great at betting. FanDuel is going to help you out. Obviously, NFL season's in full swing. So is college football. So for any new customers, you bet $5, okay? You get $200 in bonus bets. That's guaranteed. Again, giving you money. That's what we like to do. All customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday tickets. So if you're like me and you, know, you're, you need to watch your Patriots in Cowboys country, you need to get on an NFL Sunday ticket. And... It's kind of pricey. It's definitely worth it. But how about $100 off from FanDuel? I think that'll help you. So now is the best time. If that didn't convince you, I don't know what will. It's the best time to do it. The app is easy to understand what you're what you're betting on, what you're going to win, player props, all the, that kind of great stuff. It lays it out to you like you're a kindergartner, which is exactly what I need. And when it comes to your money, that's what you need to. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you're not going to want to miss. Again, all of those that I gave you with the FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. Now, I know this is one of y'all's favorite parts. You love hearing what Dave has to say after the game. It's a little bit different after a win. Hopefully, a little bit more kind to y'all's ears and to your egos. Anyway, Dave, what'd you think?
1: We have to throw the ball better. Man. We're struggling. In the pocket, and they're times where pushing the ball. Um, you know, I think the weight transfer has something to do with that. And, um, you know, I think the skill that we have you was know, not really able to put that on display. And, and that was a good of going into this game. And I feel like we're supposed to with that. And so we'll go back to, you know, back to trying to get that right. I think that's one of the things that really makes us special, and I don't want that to be. Something that uh, only the participants, on uh, partic- uh, guys that participate in our Tuesday practice, team. would love for that to make it out here, uh, where everyone can see it on Saturday. So we have work to do today. Proud with the team. You know, you work hard, and to get a win is uh, is, is something that's well needed. And uh, I'm, I'm proud of your effort. Proud of the direction we're going to go. Any questions you guys have? Dave, what is uh, Dominic Richardson's status, and then and, and on top of that, how do you feel about the running game today, especially with, you know, a couple freshmen getting a lot of carries? appreciate that. Yes, Dom has high ankle strength, and so he um, was not participating in much of practice this week. He got a few, um, you know, walkthroughs and individual stuff at the end of the week, and so he was around for a while um, this morning. And so we'll see kind of what uh, next week brings. And I would say he's very, very, um, probably unlikely, you know. And I'm proud of the run backs, I man. I thought they ran hard. I thought, you know, ran physical. Um, I thought the times that we were throwing it, they know, on the guys that they to block. And so, um, you know, I'm proud of just their, their effort. And the stage wasn't too big. And I thought they attacked it. but they fell forward. So I just from uh, everybody in today. In terms of Boston specifically, obviously, in a game where you just think Richard would probably get the majority of the carries, he gets 20 plus. Well, what impressed you about what he specifically was able to do to get those extra touches? Appreciate that. Yeah, I don't, the moment's not too big for him. You know, I think um, when all that's kind of coming at him, it's just. Uh, uh, you know, um, it's a normal, everyday thing, and so I think his ability to kind of take uh, maybe these big possessions, these big situations, and make them into um, um, an everyday um, kind of task, I think really kind of brings it down to where he can just be him and play fast and, and play physical and all of that, and it looked like a Tuesday practice for him. And I think for a young uh, young person, a freshman, that's very rare. You know, they get but in, I mean, that's kind of his, um, if you ever get around to us, you talk to me like this all the time and just this, this is not change, just is not change that at all, and so I think the other part with that, too, is he, just, he loves physicality and he loves different people and he likes to be it. And I thought, you know, once that kind of got started with him, he was looking for contact and follow forward and, and all of it, and so you know, the, our ability, you know, if the O line gives us three or four yards for us as running backs right now to get an extra three is really a big difference, and especially as the game goes on. You know, uh, defensively, they were their whole style had changed based upon what we had seen in the previous two games. They really liked the Texas State uh, structure you know, with a lot of uh, blitzing from the boundary and slant to the field, and, and so. Uh, it's way cool to see our offensive line. You know, two weeks ago, struggle with that so much to see it again and be able to kind of lock it down and the running backs to fall forward and do all of it. Hey, what can you do to make sure the energy is there from the start of the game when you're seeing that during the week? Yeah, I do. Yeah, well, the week was really good. So like, the week was great. So the week was like, the best week we've had. And so, just with the way this season's going, it was, I was thinking this is probably a bad thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is probably not good. <laughs> and so, I guess the week was the best week we've had in terms of energy. And so, yeah, I have to probably explain myself a little more. My my thought on, on Thursday, Friday, and all that was the guys could just really enjoy practicing against each other. And it's so close and the competition's such and the... the, the trust as such that they could just enjoy that. And so really made a point of, hey, we do all this stuff that doesn't ensure that Saturday is anything. You have to do, we have to do the mental work of getting ready for a uh, fight. We have to do the mental work uh, to get our mindset right to perform at a way high level with violence and all of it. And so, um, you yeah, know, I mean, we do not do that as well as we could. So I was wondering, your, your question right there was something that was of our priorities and this. lot of our strength coaches. Um, we could sense it, and you know, especially at uh, the, the warm-ups, you could sense it. And so after having talked about it to whatever level, you know, I think uh, we've got to go to getting our leaders to lead. And I think I have to do a better job of really explaining maybe what we're asking them to do because um, uh, it's unacceptable you when know, you go through a whole week of something. You know, we don't do it to practice. We, we practice game. Coach, uh, finally getting the first win of the season at home. Can you talk about the morale of the team after the win? And do you feel that this win will start to turn the season around? No, appreciate that. Yeah, I think the locker room is way happy right now. And, um, you yeah, know, I think we're happy that um, a couple of guys got to play and make some plays there at the end. And, um, you know, I think throughout all of it, you know, uh, throughout the, the whatever good there was or has been and uh, whatever bad and ugly there's been, was always a belief underneath the effect that we're getting better, that we improving, that we're together, and that we're same types, and that, uh, you know, the next day is going to be a, a brighter day. And I think that continues, you know? And so... Um, excited about this game. I just, I really feel like, good things are in store for you know, us. Um, you just have to go to make sure these simple things.